Yeah. We easy out of here. The dash is digi, the schedule busy, my head in a hoodie, my shorty a goodie, my cousins are crazy, my cousins like boogie, life is amazing, it is what it should be, been here for 10 but I feel like a rookie, I tell her look up cause it's snowing in tussies, but for three years man you can't even book me, it's me and Lil Baby, this shit going crazy, Weezy produced it and Weezy have made me. Welcome back to another episode of Champions of the West, your first episode post college football rankings. We have a lot to talk about. We have some breaking news in football in the Big Ten. Nikki, how are we feeling going into week 10? Is it week 10? Week 10. Eight weeks in a bye. How are we feeling? I'm excited. I'm headed back to Ann Arbor to meet up with Sean um, and some other friends and family back for the Penn State game. I said if we still had a chance at the playoff come Penn State week, I'd go home for it. There you go. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I think it's been a good week on social media in terms of what I'm, what I'm seeing the teams talking about A revenge tour continues on. Agreed. Um, yeah, I'm excited. How about you, Sean? I'm stirring my boots, boys. I am, I'm eager and uh, anxious to see Michigan football again. And Josh, it's pretty sad that we are already 10 weeks into the season because as fun as football is, it's just too short, man. Right, you you don't get enough at bats to to watch your boys uh, saddle up and play. So hopefully this year we can actually get three more games than or two more games than we're used to with uh, the championship game, as well as uh, making it to the playoffs and winning a game in the playoffs. So anxious, excited, confident. I don't know if we felt this good going into um, or you know coming out of a bye week and five plus years so it's a it's a weird feeling knowing that our season is still uh is still alive and well and that we're trending upwards yeah um i completely agree with all of that um however i i quickly want to start with a former michigan coach someone whose season was uh pretty drastically cut short i'm talking about dj durkin the former coach at Maryland who, as of one hour ago, about 6.15 or 6.30 Eastern time, is out as the boss at Maryland. Um, For those that haven't been listening to us all season, it's been one of those stories that we've been really interested in following throughout the year. Durkin was hoping to resurrect a Maryland program that wasn't doing great in the Big Ten, um, but of course, the news of the offseason and into the beginning of this season was that Jordan McNair passed away, um, an offensive lineman on Maryland, and after eight games, um, Maryland decided to get rid of Durkin, um, and I think it was absolutely the right move. Uh, Nick, what do you think uh, in terms of the uh, the Durkin move? Yeah, you know, I've uh, been reading a lot of different articles about it, actually. And I know yesterday after they had the closed meeting um, and several starters, I think it was three players, um, left the meeting. That It was just Coach Durkin and the team. So that was kind of, you know, and then the, the comments by McNair's family um, about how he felt, I think his father said, he felt like he got punched in the gut and then spit in his face. Uh, yeah. which is pretty pretty graphic, and it's hard not to agree with him. Um, so I think Maryland finally did make the right move in firing Durkin. I think sure. they had to, and they have to rebuild and restart um, because the, the things that were said about them, whether true or not, I think 
shed a lot of light onto the way he coached, which is probably not what um, what Maryland wants out of their football sure. program. So, yeah, I mean, Sean, any thoughts on it other than, than kind of I feel like we're all on the same page here? I, I, this is actually the first I'm hearing of it. So Josh, thanks for breaking the news for me. Yeah. I was shocked that they said that DJ was going to be on the sidelines this week. Um, and definitely disagreed with that for my knee jerk reaction. Uh, just the fact that one, a player died under his steed and two, uh, getting a little bit more context about how this was certainly, um, pre-met. You know, the, obviously, obviously the, the player's tragic death wasn't premeditated, but the bully tactics that DJ employed was certainly um, malicious and, and premeditated. So I was shocked to see that at first we thought that he was coming back. Josh, do you have the scoop as to what happened between yesterday or two days ago and now in which we all thought that DJ was going to be on the sidelines and now that he now he's fired or he's dismissed? Can you sh- shed some color on that? So Nick and I don't have the specifics in front of us. However, my guess is when the players were threatening to revolt or not play or just deciding that it makes more sense to not step up and play in a game as opposed to actually playing in a game um, for their former boss, I think that's where – you know, the coach has to step down. I, I think that you're kind of not left with much of a choice, especially because of what happened. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly um, what Mar- what other choice Maryland had. I mean, Nick, do you think that Maryland had any other option there? Or, or what, what say you? No, and I, I think they made the right decision. And I think, um, as you were saying about how they had players that could lead to a revolt, I think, um, the future of the program definitely was kind of put into question. And, you know, Jordan McNair comes from the McDonough School, which I believe is in Baltimore um, or outside D.C., kind of right in between. And that produces a lot of talent, uh, in-state talent for, for UMD, as well as out-of-state talent. And I think a couple of players that walked out went to school with Jordan McNair there at that school. Um, and, you know, that's kind of a pipeline you don't want to shut off, um, especially over the death of a of a you know, a wrong, wrong death of a player um, that could have been prevented. So I think that definitely plays into it and boosters and things like that. And um, yeah, I I hope that they can remedy this and kind of get on the mend and, and, you know, keep progressing in the big 10. So transitioning from one really dire situation to a really exciting situation of what's going on in Ann Arbor this weekend. We've got Michigan. We've got Penn State. Last year, Penn State put it on Michigan. They won by a final score of 42-13. to 13. Saquon Barkley scored on the second play of the game. Um, an absolutely devastating run that pretty much ended the game before Michigan really had a chance. They were able to cut it to 14-13 at the half, but that was pretty much it. Um, going into this edition of the game Michigan is seven and one Penn State is six and two Sean starting with you um how are we feeling going into this game what worries you about Penn State and what can Michigan exploit so the only thing that worries me and this is going to be a little confusing um or paradoxical I guess is 
I'm not worried about the game. And that sets it up for it to be a trap game, to be honest. James Franklin still clearly doesn't understand how game clock works because he tried to call a timeout um, over a turnover last week. I don't know if you guys saw that. And he had to have his get back guy and the get back guy's get back guy. Both of them stop him from calling the timeout. Exactly. Like everyone was like, dude, what, what are you doing here? Um, You know, on offense, I think Trace McSorley has just from a numbers perspective has taken a step back and, it's, it's a mix between two things, I think. One, he doesn't have the offensive rookie of the year, Saquon Barkley, who's just an absolute beast, or Deshaun Hamilton or Mike Gesicki. I mean, Nick, you were at the game, but from TV it looked like he would just chuck it up. And these guys would make plays. Like It looked like men out there um, amongst boys. So yeah. not having that talent, not having um, Jim Morehouse or Jim Moorhead, uh, the yep. – um, Joe, offensive coordinator gone, now. For, 0 for 2, Joe Moorhead was the Penn State offensive coordinator. Joe Moorhead. Joe Moorhead. Sorry, Jim, Joe, whatever. Not having him, I think, is actually going to be – was is their biggest um, issue besides the personnel. I think that uh, Joe down in Mississippi yep. State uh, was an absolute wizard when it came to offensive schemes. So – I, I mean, I don't think that they're going to be able to score the ball on us that much. Trace McSorley, I don't know if you guys saw the game last week, looked hobbled in a big, big way. His knee um, just did not look right, and he was limping all over this, all over the sidelines. And uh, you don't want to be a hobbled quarterback playing our uh, our defense right now. But the now. only thing I will say about McSorley is he was hobbled at one point, and then all of a sudden he broke off for a 60-yard touchdown. So – He's one of those dudes that's a gamer. If he's if he's even fifty or sixty percent, he's gonna he's gonna give it. For sure, but even on that run, he didn't look very good. He was you could see he was favoring his knee as he was yeah. running. I mean, he just they schemed it well. I don't think I was expecting Trace to be able to make plays with his feet. And yeah, to your point, Nikki or Josh, he certainly is a gamer, but I don't think he's gonna be a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean. I think that he is a good player, um, but again, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. He's not at 100%. Yep. Um, I've always said and will continue to think that James Franklin is a fraud coach. I think he's a great recruiter. I think we've talked about this, and I yeah, think, but he can't coach. And I think he really can't coach, uh, especially making adjustments, and I think that's where we have played really well this year is making adjustments. Like We haven't really started very hot in many games, um, but we've adjusted and played really well, and I think that'll be kind of the theme of this game is – we'll be able to see what's working for us and what's not. And I think that works offensively and defensively and Penn state won't. And I think we're going to dominate. And I, I'm not, wow. I'm not scared at all either, which is starting to scare me a little bit as for Sean sure. was saying a trap game. Cause now everyone thinks that we're a legit team and can steamroll Penn state. Yeah. Um, couple more questions. Tariq black, actually got in the game two weeks ago. Nick Baumgartner reported on a on a, a passing play but wasn't targeted or, or looked at. Um, do we think, you know, he, he played in a game two weeks ago, which means he was pretty much game ready. Could he be a potential factor in this game? I, we haven't heard much about him, but if Michigan has Nico Collins and Tariq Black and Donovan Peoples-Jones, those are three really, really good receivers and completely opens up the offense with the tight ends and the running game. Sean, uh, you know what? We started with you too much. Nick, 
if Tariq Black is healthy, does the offense even go to another dimension that we haven't seen yet? Um, I would hope so. I don't know if we're going to be doing kind of three and four wide receiver sets. Okay. Um, maybe that's a wrinkle we haven't seen yet. Just on Harbaugh? Um, yeah, I, I think, again, as Baumgartner was saying, kind of the Harbaugh spread has two tight ends and a fullback yep. or two fullbacks and, and a slot receiver, kind of things like that. For sure. Um, so I think I'm I'm more excited to see, hopefully, the return of Sean Gary. Yep. Um, I think he has a bigger impact where, as I was saying, we could have that speed rush with Quiddy Pie or – Quiddy Pie or whatever his name is. I'll go with either one. I like both. Um, And uh, I'm more excited to see our defense kind of work against this this offense than our defense, who I think it'll be more the same. For sure. Um, Boys, I do also want to ask you about the rankings. Before we get to the national games of the week, the rankings just came out. Michigan comes in at fifth, which I think is completely fair. The only team that they've lost to is the team one ranking spot ahead of them, Notre Dame. Um, at this point, I think every single team in the top 10 has a shot to make the playoff. Um, I think Alabama and LSU playing this week again that we'll obviously get to will be really interesting. But, Sean, how do you feel about being in the number five spot so far? Fine. I mean, I think that we control our own destiny – barring a series of just absolutely insane events in which LSU beats Alabama um, and in, and somehow two SEC teams push, push beyond us. I mean, for me, it's, it's kind of check the box. The committee understands that we've had good wins. We've beaten solid teams and um, you know, even the teams that we thought that weren't going to be great turned out to be solid. Right. I mean, Western Michigan is actually putting together a nice yeah. little run. Northwestern turns out to be a lot better than we expected. So we're, we're right where I kind of think that we should be. Um, it, it all depends on how we execute down the road. I mean, I think that the Ohio State game is going to be the make or break like it was two years ago. Um, so I'm not, I'm not really paying too much attention to the rankings besides just for kind of sheer fan value. I think the Bama LSU game will be – will be awesome. I think the 14 and a half point spread or whatever that was, is a, was a little crazy. It's really hard to p- play down there. Um, and I think that Bama will actually look a little bit mortal this week. We'll get into picks and all that stuff down the road. But I mean, as sorry for a coach, coach answer, it Josh, but you see it, you move on. Nick, but don't you think that we're really rooting, and we talked about this a little bit, that we're really rooting for Alabama to win that game because – if you have a one-loss Alabama, a one-loss LSU, and then whoever is going to play in the SEC championship game most likely is going to have one loss, having three one-loss SEC teams going into the selection Sunday scares the shit out of me as a Michigan fan because if one of them, if, if it's Alabama not playing in that game and a one-loss LSU or a one-loss Georgia wins the SEC – Nick, isn't there's a pretty good shot that two of those SEC teams are going to make it in, and if Notre Dame and Clemson win out, wouldn't that leave us on the outside looking in? Yeah, I mean that's kind of what the committee looks like. Maybe if we get one, one or two more ranked wins, if we somehow run the table, it, sure. would, it would help us. Um, but I think yeah, definitely as Michigan fans, it's weird, but you're you're rooting for Bama. For Bama, right? Yeah, just, you're rooting for to Bama to, to cruise yeah. through um, the SEC, including the championship game. You take out. LSU, you knock out the Eastern team and you make sure it's a one loss. That's what I think. Or a one a one one bid conference. Yeah. Um, 
and then then I think we control our own destiny. But yeah, and if Bama loses this weekend, I think things could get interesting. Sure. We're rooting for Notre Dame to lose probably twice. Yeah, um, which is kind of weird after rooting for Notre Dame all season because of our resume, and that kind of propped us. If Notre Dame was a four and four team, Michigan probably wouldn't be sitting at number five. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Do you trust? Do you trust Notre Dame more to run the table and make us look better, or Bama, or as well as Bama? Oh, okay. Or do you trust <laughs> that they're going to lose two games? Because if they lose one game, they'll beat us. No, and that's what I was saying. I I, I feel like. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they have a better shot at running the table than losing two games. I agree. I agree. Sean, what about I you? I agree yeah. as well. I agree as well. But I think I think they could lose to Northwestern Ooh. this weekend. Um, you know. Okay. Hey, Northwestern has has turned it around in a big, big way, and um, you know they're they're beating teams by two touchdowns. Uh, Wisconsin and Michigan State. I guess it's a small sample size, but. Um, you know, we we saw Northwestern. They're a solid. They're a solid all around team, and I think that um, Notre Dame was a much more difficult matchup against elite teams with Brandon Wimbush, just because he can make plays with his legs and his feet. Um, Book is is more one dimensional, and I think that could actually end up hurting them um, down the road. I think that if Notre Dame loses to Northwestern or to USC. Or anywhere they're gonna, they're not gonna be in the playoffs. I don't think that they're gonna stay within okay. the top four. I like that take. Let's. Uh, well, I'm excited to see what happens. So let's get to those games, Sean. I, I know you wanted to start with a prediction for our games. So Michigan right now is favored by ten and a half at home. I think that's a little high. Penn, it, the, the statistic I saw is Penn State's last four games were all played within six points. Um, they have a really, really good offense. I'm not as sold on their defense. Um, Michigan's defense has been looking lights out, but you know, can Michigan score a ton of points? I'm not sold on that. Um, my prediction right now, I'm going to go, oh man, I want to say 27-17, which would mean as of this moment, Penn State covering and Michigan winning by 10 points. That's my guess. Nikki? That's interesting. I like that. That's tough. That's tough. Um, I don't know. Part of me thinks that we could blow them out, and it would be the sure. third straight year that this game is just a blowout. Kind of like the Wisconsin game where we thought maybe it would be close, but Wisconsin, we just blew, yeah. blew the doors off of Wisconsin. Exactly. I think yeah. this rivalry is – I mean, there's definitely some close games. Our sophomore year did go to double OT when we lost. Um, but – I think it's going to be I think we're going to blow them out again. I think for some wow. reason our defense is 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 by far the best defense in the country and they show themselves again to I don't know, uh, the, the optimistic Michigan fan of me. I think we're going to win. Okay. Um I think we're going to win 31 to 10. Wow. I think we're going to beat them just as bad out. as yeah, just as bad as Wisconsin. Wow. We don't score as many points. We might not hit the over just because we shut them down too much. Sure. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we're going to do some damage this week and kind of keep this, keep this train rolling. I don't think the bye week affects us at all. It yeah. just, it just rests our guys a little bit. 52 and a half to me is a lot of points. Even 27, 20 would be the under. And I know both teams can score, but I'm with you. Sean, what do we think? I, I think that it's going to be a blowout. Um, the fact that, and, and so, I mean, 
first of all, Don Brown is an eccentric guy, but for him to go out and say that he thinks about that loss every single night um, or every single day or whatever uh, means something to me. I mean, he got shellacked. There were over 500 yards of total offense and he never came close to that at Michigan. And you can count the number of times that's happened to him on two hands and, you know, his last 40 years of playing football. So he's not, he was um, scheming for this game. I think since, you know, since the day he got back from happy Valley last year. Uh, so there's certainly a lot of vengeance there. And also, I mean, remember how they, how the end of the game, I don't know if you were, you stayed to the bitter end, Nick, I hope you didn't, but they, they, they hurried up. They had a, they ran hurry up offense. Um, and in the, with the last two minutes and snapped a, a, a ball and, and had um, their backup running back run it to try to score a touchdown in the last play of the game. I mean, who, what kind of team does that other than a team that doesn't have class and isn't hasn't won that, won before and hasn't been there before? Franklin um, is the answer for 400. Yeah, I mean, it's not the first time something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, good God, that's that's just ridiculous. So I think that um, we definitely have – we're playing with a lot of vengeance. Of course, there's a revenge tour, but I think it's especially salient for our defense. I honestly just don't think Penn State's that good. Um, I think they're very, very one-dimensional in their reliance on Trace McSorley. He's banged up, um, and I think that we're going to shut their their uh, their offense down. And then when we have the ball, Penn State's defense is not very good, and they're very susceptible through kind of. I think their only strength is their pass rush, um, and we can run run them down, and we can also throw these jump balls up to these big guys um, and, and showcase that we actually have a vertical threat. Uh, including Tariq Black and Nico and all that. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a. I like it. I like the blowout. Thirty-five-seven. Wow. So you're going. You're going full, full blowout. You're going the full. Blowout. Yeah, I mean, I I think this game is not going to be that all competitive. Right. Well, let's let's hit on a few other games. Let's start with the number one team in the country. They're playing in a top five matchup at, in Baton Rouge at the Swamp against LSU. Um, right now, Bama's favored by 15, which is kind of crazy. But Bama hasn't had to play Tua in the fourth quarter yet. Um, what do we think? It, does Bama roll LSU? 15 points is a lot. Nick? Yeah, I, I think they're going to win, but I don't see them covering. That's a lot of points that's, to cover, that's right? That's scary to yeah. think of. Nighttime, night night in Beth, yeah, in Baton Rouge. Rouge, like... 15 point underdog that's points. that's crazy points. they know something that we don't know um so i'm definitely gonna take bama and the points <laughs> absolutely i'm doing it i think they're gonna kill them wow sean i i wouldn't i don't want to really touch that line you know it it definitely is is one of the toughest places to play in the country bama's defense is is elite um greedy williams just the name alone is awesome but I, I agree. I think that Bama's gonna gonna win that game one way or another. What's kind of interesting to me, Josh, we'll, we'll, I want to get your pick on this uh, this line, but just juxtaposing Bama LSU, in which LSU is obviously the home team, they're underdogs by 15 points. Let's look at Nor- Notre Dame Northwestern. Northwestern is unranked, but the line is only Notre Dame minus 10 and a half. It's, it's evident that. Um, that Notre Dame is a little bit inflated, and uh, and we're. Uh, I, I honestly think that Northwestern can beat them. You want two words as to why the Notre Dame Northwestern 
thing is only nine and a half or ten and a half, and Bama's fifteen. Tua Tagovailoa. What are they? North Notre Dame does not have <laughs> anybody on offense that's even in the same stratosphere as Tua. Tua can get the ball on four or five plays in under two minutes from their own twenty into the end zone without breaking a sweat. Notre Dame can't do that. Their offense isn't good enough. They don't have an NFL quarterback. They North, don't have NFL Northwest receivers. Northwest has been gro- growing that grass out all week. Yeah, and it's going to be knee up. high. Oh, it's going to be a real. It's going to be a real shitty condition out there in Evanston. Um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think Bama covers, and I could see that Northwestern Notre Dame game being like twenty to seventeen or something real low scoring, where Notre Dame just finds a way to eke it out, but. I don't think they look impressive. Um, I think if we blow the brakes off of Penn State, you could see Michigan jumping Notre Dame. Um, I, I don't know if that's definitely going to happen. It'll be also be really interesting interesting to see what happens with LSU and Bama. Um, the line that I was really fascinated by is Louisville-Clemson. Clemson is favored by 40 points in an ACC game, and they're starting a true freshman quarterback. Is that insane, or can Clemson actually beat Louisville by more than forty? Yeah, I have no. I don't really even see Clemson scoring forty yeah, points. I mean, I think their offense is like, really. Don't... Good. I think Trevor Lawrence is a really good quarterback, but forty points in a conference game—that's just disrespectful, right? The yeah. disrespect to Louisville. Yep. I think another game we didn't hit on yet is also a knockout game. Yep, Georgia Kentucky. Georgia Kentucky in the East. Yeah, so the winner. Winner gets Winner, the right to keep playing and will go I, to the, don't, don't they win the SEC? I think they win the they SEC. Win the SEC I yeah, think. yeah, the SEC East. So we'll play East. in the SEC championship game. Winner so, gets to lose to Bama. The, the loser, um, if Georgia is the loser, I, I expect Georgia to win this game. But if Georgia does lose, then uh, John Calipari has to play quarterback for them the rest of the season. That's how it goes. If you lose to Kentucky in football, you get their coach. Um, is there any shot Kentucky wins this game? I don't think so. I mean, I keep thinking that, and they've had some crazy wins. Did any of you guys see that win last week? Yeah, they won 15-14. Yeah, I was here watching with yeah, you. Dude, I know you were here. I, our <laughs> listeners. Our we're listeners. Talking about, I forget sometimes. I think it's just I three of us sitting <laughs> on the couch. Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was insane. I feel like they keep getting these crazy, crazy ways of winning games. Yep. I think it's going to run out this week against Georgia. I think Georgia's a really good team, and they had a bad game against LSU. Um, but it'd be kind of fun to see Kentucky lose by 45 in the SEC championship. It would be, so. right? That would be good for us. As Michigan fans, we're absolutely rooting for Kentucky at this point since there's no way they beat Bama. Sean, Kentucky, and then also, uh, uh, I guess, West Virginia, Texas, too. Uh, a couple of interesting games there. Um, go, talk to me about both. Uh, so the so the only thing, honestly, the only thing I've seen from Kentucky besides them exceeding expectations week in week out was that video of the coach crowd surfing with the players. Um, well, I'll tweet that out for our, our lucky listeners, but it was awesome, like singing to Mo Bamba or whatever that is. Whatever. It was sweet. Um, but back to the game, I think that Georgia's starting to kind of click again. I think Jake Fromm started off a little little off um and he's getting his sea legs back legs back under him they had a nice impressive georgia had an impressive win last week i expect them to win i don't like the the line so i wouldn't touch that um 
Texas, West Virginia. Texas, I don't think, is a very good team. So I'm going to take okay. West Virginia there. And then the last game that I would touch on would yep. be Iowa and Purdue. Purdue's a three-point favorite. Really interesting. Um, it's tough. It's a, Purdue's a hit-or-miss team, right? They lost to Eastern Michigan, but they also yep. blew out Ohio State. Um, kind of tale of two different organizations, right? Jeff Fromm – yeah, Jeff, no, go. Jeff Brom, excuse me. Um, gunslinger kind of guy, offensive genius, and Kirk Ferentz is one of the longest tenured coaches in college football and is kind of a three yards and a cloud of dust kind of player or kind of coach. I um, I see Iowa winning right. this game. I, I like to hear that. Um, I think that pretty much does it for us. Uh, I know field hockey won, but I want to wait yeah, until after play? this week. To get a full field hockey recap, see whether the gals... Big Ten champs, though. They didn't win the Big Ten championship. The regular right. season, and then... Yeah, awards regular season. I saw that. I saw the awards on Instagram. What were the awards? So we had two first-team All-Big All Tens and another um, second-team All-Big Ten. I saw. All three of the... That I know you wanted you an All-American. Oh yeah, no. I think that there's there's some underrated players on our team. Um, in addition, though, all three all three captains were either first or second team All Big Ten, and we had a, the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year in Emma Way, who scored over 15 goals. Unreal hands. Um, she's got the softest hands in the game. Uh, so look for her on Friday. Again, if we win on Friday, I'm going back to Chicago to catch the game live. I know. Uh, I know Mr. Stern is is interested in uh, my Periscope, so if you're listening, go. I got you. Um, yeah, absolutely a lot going on in the Michigan sports world. On the hardwood front, there is an exhibition game on Friday against Northwood, and then Tuesday, the basketball season starts. Norfolk State, home of Knicks, former Knicks alum Kylo Quinn, it's where he played his college ball. Um, we will hit on the ex- fun, fact. fun fact if you didn't know or didn't care. <laughs> if think, you know who Kyle O'Quinn is. If you know who Kyle O'Quinn is and you've made it this far, well, listeners, thank you. Um, we'll, hit on, we'll hit on the exhibition and the Norfolk State game next week. We'll figure out what happened to our field hockey gals. We'll talk about the Penn State game. Next week's show is going to be absolutely jam-packed, which is perfect. And we're going to figure out our mic problems. Rutgers. And if we lose to Rutgers, uh, we're going. We'll, we'll burn the podcast. We'll burn it down, and we'll let anybody who tweets at us, they, they can record the podcast for the week. I think that's it, boys. We're, uh, we're we'll working. have a Rutgers podcast. We're going to have an hour-long podcast, but only talk for 30 minutes of it. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> oh. For Sean, for Nick, for Josh, for a wild start to November, we'll see you next week. Peace.